Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. You know, try as you might as a mom or a dad, you are going to have some resistance from your kids. They're not adults. They don't necessarily recognize all the time that you want what's best for them. And frankly, when they're being disobedient, it doesn't mean they're personalizing it. It doesn't mean they're taking it out on you. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. And Danny, um, do you ever have to kind of pull out of using that line, because I said so? I mean, it's a great line at times, and there are moments when I just look at my kids and say, because I said so, but it doesn't always work so good. No, it doesn't. I've, I've used it before, and there are definitely better ways. The reality is parents, in the moment, we feel, hey, we have the authority. Why are you questioning me? Yeah, I shouldn't have to explain uh, it to right. you, right? I still remember. I, I remember one time I said, hey, uh, guys, we need to get the dishwasher done. We need to unload the dishwasher quickly. And they said, well, why do we need to do it now? And then I had to stop and say, well, because I said we need to do it now. <laughs> and and uh, then I realized they just really want to understand why is it now? Why can't we do it later? I felt that it was a challenge to my authority as a mm-hmm. dad. Yes. Really what they're wanting to know is is what why do we have to do it right now? Why the urgency? They didn't know what I was seeing. And some people were coming over and we needed to get this th- these things done. Yeah. I could have said, hey, People are coming over in about an hour. We're going to need to use the dishwasher when they're here. We need to unload this, and we need to do it as a team. Oh, okay, Dad. Yeah. We'll help you now. That's ideally no, how it No, I mean, it's, yeah. It's yeah. inconvenient at any moment to do yeah. dishwasher or any of those things. So <laughs> emotionally, they may not be in place, but it gives me more understanding yes. instead of because I yes. said so. Well, we're going to hear more about encouraging your kids to be obedient and avoiding that because I said so line. Uh, here now is Arlene Pelican sharing with Jim Daly and me. Here's the question of the day. Okay. You ready, John? I'm dialed This is in. it. The question of the day. How can we encourage obedience? That's right. It's like, I want them to honor me. How do I get them to honor me? <laughs> yeah, right? Right. How do yeah. I actually get yeah. them to believe I have seniority? This is the, o- <laughs> the obedient <laughs> part. Yes. Right. So in the book, I outline four ways to help your kids obey. And I will say the overarching principle here is the belief that you are worthy of obeying. You know, if you're second guessing yourself, well, maybe they shouldn't obey me. I'm not a really good parent. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. So it has to begin with you realizing I am to be honored. I am to be obeyed because I'm a parent. And of course, as a parent, you're trying to strive for them to obey you on good things, on good, healthy things for them. So first of all, you can set up clear expectations. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't know to obey because they simply don't even know what they're doing. So before you go to grandma's house, you say, these are the things we expect. We expect that you're not going to run through the house because grandma and grandpa don't like that. We expect that you will not fight because grandma is 80 and that will really bother her. So don't this fight with each other. This sounds like real do life. That, do that in the car beforehand. You know, I've had my kids like be really loud in the car and what are you doing? We're getting ready for grandma. <laughs> like, okay. So you're setting up your kids to succeed. In a new situation, we're going to a new Sunday school class. There will be strangers there. You won't know anyone. And I just want you to look for one person, smile at them, and befriend them. You know, so you're good. giving them expectations them. and yeah. have them obey that. The second thing is practice, practice, practice. So let's say you're having trouble in the grocery store because they're loud or they you know, want, they're real whiny about what they want, et cetera. You go to the grocery store just for practice. Not to get the stuff on your list, but just to practice. This is how we go to the grocery store. And when they throw their fit, oh, we're leaving. And, and you know, go. and there's a punishment there. And yeah. maybe if they did it well, 
it would be, hey, you get to pick something out because you did really well in the grocery store. So you're practicing. The third thing is drama. So some of your kids love drama. And so (laughs) it is the idea of, you know, okay, it's the first day of school. Let's act this out. This is how I'm the teacher. This is how you and use drama to act out. This is how oh that you kind of act. drama. Yeah. I thought yeah. you were saying not kids the, are just not drama. The other yeah. drama. So physically use drama. Yeah. I'm your teacher. You're in a new school setting. Here's what we do. Here's what we expect of you to obey. And then the last may be the most powerful, and it's praying specifically, God. Give my child an obedient heart. Give my child a moldable heart, a heart that seeks wisdom, a heart that seeks knowledge. God, give them that. And those are ways you can help your child be obedient to you. Mm -hmm. Arlene, I want to make sure that we balance this with, I'm thinking of, we could just pick a stereotypical situation, maybe the overbearing father to leave it in that kind of category. Certainly moms can be that way as well. How do we recognize in ourselves that we're, we're not loving our children we're only about the rules. We're only confrontational. We're only demanding. Um, sometimes we can feel a little bit of guilt in that area, especially if you're in the heat of battle there trying to get your kids to be obedient. And then you feel guilty, like I was over the top. Um, how, how do you know when you are too consistently over the top? And for that parent who's listening, that the book title may be better, Parents Smiling. <laughs> like yeah. You need to be more relaxed. Yeah, not you know, rising, most, but... <laughs> most parents, many parents, they err towards being too gracious to their kids. Right. But for the parents that you know, like, wow, I'm maybe too strict. And that comes that strategy that love is spell time, that if you're going to have the rules, you also have to have fun time, that you need that relationship mm. with your child, that you have to ask yourself, are there times that I'm actually having fun with my child? Like, do we laugh together? Mm-hmm. Do we smile together? Do, you know, if I was my child and I had to look at my face all day long, you know, would I be afraid or would I be okay with this? And for a parent, you need to ask this question because it's true. You do need the rules, but you must have the relationship or those rules don't mean a thing. So you need both. And there has to be time for fun and levity because that paves the way for the rules. You know, here at Focus, we have said many, many times, rules without relationship lead to rebellion. And Danny, there are parents who are probably just a little too rules-oriented, if you will. And um, how do they start to kind of come out of that, uh, that, that behavior, that patterning, have some fun and build relationship without giving up the principles that they believe in, uh, without wondering, you know, if I just say, hey, let's have fun, it's going to be all fun all the time or else? Yeah, the rules generally, when they're very strict rules, are led out of fear, so if a parent can look at the rules that they've created out of a purpose of what they're wanting for this child, they'll take into consideration the love languages, who the child's been created to be, what they enjoy doing for fun. They've had conversations, had time. It's that rhythm of relationship in order to lead them with the rules that make sense for that child to be able to be on their own. It's not about I need to prevent them from messing up. It's about I need to lead them towards something. And so if we switch from wanting a perfect child to a child that's growing, we begin to see what we see in David's life in the Psalms. He went towards trusting God's word in his growth as a person, that the rules are there for his guidance and not to control him. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, the more we can provide that type of messaging for our kids, that we want the very, very, very best for them, and that these rules are out of love and not being afraid of having conversations as to why the rules are even there, that creates 
even a relational aspect within the rules and how they're created. Uh, it's important for us, John, to realize that fear can guide us in a direction of wanting to control our kids because we don't want them to get hurt. Okay. Uh, so God gives us the, the, the possibility of being a parent of influence, and that's what we need to look at. Okay, so real quick as we wrap up here, what are just a couple of ways that you model um, this fun thing so you're not just relying on, well, here's why we have to do the, the dishwasher right now. I mean, what are some practical things a listener can take away right now? Well, when, uh, when my daughter has asked, or my son actually have asked, so why do we have this rule? Generally, I love to smile at them and say, man, I'm glad you asked because it shows that you really want to know the rules we have in the house. And the reason we have this rule, and that let's say it's a movie. Why can't we watch this PG-13 movie? The reason being is I want you to guard your mind and your heart, and we have other movies we can watch. I can see that you want to watch this type of movie. So let's figure out a solution together. There you go. So you're working a problem to, to find a common solution that we're all good with. So I understand. They want to see that. Yeah. And I would too. But it's just not the best one. Let's go find something else, and, and, and I'll take the time with them to figure yeah. that out. Yeah, I've done that very thing. Just the other day, my youngest wanted to watch a movie, and so I, we still use Redbox. I stopped by there, and I was looking at the selections. I thought, no, no, but I, I wanted to come back with a couple of options because that that helped him feel a little more invested in the decision. It wasn't, Dad decided this is what we're going to watch. It was, oh, I get to pick out of these two or these three. So I, I think it's important to do what you just said, you know, come up with a solution that, hey, we're all kind of invested in this. Let's have some fun together, but let's do it in a way that all of us can feel good about. Well, check the show notes for a link to our website where you're going to find more on this topic. Uh, you've got uh, Arlene Pelican's book that you can request. Make a donation today to the Ministry of Focus on the Family, and we'll send that book, Parents Rising, to you as our thank you gift. Uh, you can also get a download of the entire conversation Jim Daly and I had with Arlene. That's free. And then we have other resources there as well. Next time, we're going to be coming back to the five love languages, how they relate to kids, specifically teens, and particularly quality time. For now, I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Danny Huerta and the team, thanks for listening today to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. 